You know, it's so much warmer today, but it's so dreary today, isn't it? It's almost want some of that cold back. <laughs> so you were intrepid enough to come out. What I wanted to do was just let tonight be questions and answers or conversation. All of you were brave enough to come out in this foggy, dreary weather. So there's a reason. <laughs> Anybody have a question they want it, they, they're thinking of right away? Uh-huh. Um, something I've been working on in my practice is letting go of resentment. And while sometimes I feel like I break through resentment on a surface level, there's still like a deeper unconscious resentment that's still there. So do you have any advice for that kind of practice? <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with that kind of practice. Um, I think my advice would be just to keep doing it. Now, were you here when uh, Bhante Samahita visited? The, the monk from Denmark who lives in Sri Lanka. It was, uh, that, that may have been on a Saturday when he talked. He talked about um, meditating with the four Brahma-viharas, which are the four sublime states. And they're especially, it's especially good meditation for anger and resentment and other, other, uh, Emotions that are become negative for us that are too extreme, and he talked about meditating with those are the qualities of loving kindness and compassion and appreciative joy, you know joy for others as well as yourself, and equanimity that's the balance that we want to always try to come back to and um he talked about those specifically. I, I really was happy to get to hear him because I'd been wondering how to meditate with those because I knew that was a, a good practice for resentment and anger and just uh, negative areas. And so he used the model that we have for loving-kindness practice. And he focused on how to do that. And then we... We, we also then would generate those same feelings with the quality of compassion. We would generate in the same, the same process, not the same feelings. So we first generate compassion, so we've, you know how we do loving kindness. So with compassion, we would generate compassion being with ourselves, uh, first. And, and open our hearts and really take in that quality. And then we would begin sending it out the same way we radiate out loving kindness. We would radiate out compassion and go further and further. And then he really emphasized that we radiate out, uh, the Buddha called it unbounded, but for each of those qualities we allow it to radiate out to infinity, you know, we, 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 we don't see any end to it. It just continues to go and go and go. And then we do that with joy. And that's the appreciative joy means having the joy for someone else, whether, you know, if someone else gets the job you want, can you, can you feel joy for them as well? And, you know, joy for, he focused on, uh, that it's not just feeling joy for others, but we have to develop that quality in ourselves. 
and then we radiate out that joy for others with that same unbounded quality. And then with equanimity, we again, we go in and feel it for ourselves and feel, you know, that it's a quality we want, that a quality of balance is something that it's possible for us to achieve, and, uh, and then we send it out. And that's what he suggests is the, the, and what I've read in reading, uh, the Vasudhimaga and other teachers, uh, that's, that's a, a really wonderful practice for dealing with those kind of feelings. And, uh, it's, it, you, you'll get, if you keep with it, if you keep doing it and make it your regular practice, then, then you can, you can gradually, you're just rooting out, you're pulling out those, um, those, those good feelings, those good qualities are just pushing the bad ones out. And you just become so aware. Any of those, any of those four qualities can help eradicate those negative qualities. We just have to do it with a, with a real commitment and, uh, do it. I think it ha- for me it needs to be my regular practice. So other people have other ideas how you've worked with resentment? Mm-hmm. Something that I think helps me is when when I feel that resentment it's often directed at a specific other person's actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that I'll do is I'll transfer my attention on those actions that I might not be approving of and shift them onto something that kind of makes me happy. Um, so it'll, it'll be something that's like some I'll realize that someone did something for me that day. Uh-huh. Something that's uplifting rather than something that's just going to the thing with that though is like if you just push your focus to the side like the resentment's still hanging out over there and like it's not that eradicated it's just chilling uh-huh. <laughs> for the next time and look at it and they're like man I'm angry and that can, that can be helpful though what you're talking about as you develop more and more like kind of getting to that resentment there, the, I think that's that's why those four qualities too help because when you're thinking about joy, it can help you let go of resentment. You know, those other, the, the, um, and Todd, you said something earlier today when we were doing the class about, um, if we have feelings of resentment towards someone or feelings of love towards someone, sometimes we have to really, we aren't sure why. Like, you don't know why there's some person that you just really, don't like or anything they can do you feel resentful about or and uh sometimes that our meditation we can just l- allow that to kind of keep look keep going until we figure out what it what it is not analyzing it but sitting with it, sitting with it yeah being with it and then something can come that might give you an answer or a key and uh, that's a, your technique is very good, but I know that when there's that deep resentment where you feel like no matter what you do, 
it it's there waiting to just pop up and we want to we want to get we want to get we need to know it well enough and so sometimes we just need to sit with it and we can be and be thinking like how how does this make me feel like how does my body feel when i when i'm feeling that resentment and letting it just exist in me where do you feel it what does it do to your you know where does it stick in you is if it it, it could even be that there's that there's something you you may need to if it's a, towards the same person you may discover that you need to talk to them or you need to have a different conversation or not talk to them i mean sometimes it's old stuff and it's it's might be what you might discover is it's not connected to that person at all but it's something else but that takes you know then you need to just sit and be with it any anybody else that's a good topic cuz boy that's one that can pop up it's worth noting also that that is part of the podcast series that talked with um, that month that mm-hmm. Really yeah, really yeah. It's and I I want to go back. I listened to another one of his talks today, the one on quantum mechanics and. Uh, podcast or just- oh, I went on YouTube. Oh. Well, I'm I subscribed to his his YouTube channel. I have for a long, long time, but um, that li- just watch, just listen. I was it was a talk he did at the Theosophical Society. And I thought, I want to go back and listen to the meditation, the way he taught us to do the uh, four sublime states. But the, that talk he gave on what is the title was something like Buddhism and uh, early Buddhism and uh, relativity, quantum physics. And, and, you know, the title kind of blows you away. But that talk is wonderful. I don't know if all of you have listened to it or not. I mean, you have to really be present. You, you can't be doing two things <laughs> for me. It, I had to really decide, I'm going to spend an hour and a half because I really want to hear that talk. And it was so exciting to me. Uh, it, it's very challenging to like hang on to the ideas, but he did it in a way that I could understand for the moment. I couldn't answer a question about it now. But it really opened up a lot of the Buddhist teachings and a lot of the things that uh, seem sometimes seem impossible. Uh, his talk about those things and how the Buddha, the Buddha knew those things in his teachings and he used them in his life. That was a very exciting talk. I just got really. Uh, uh, so there's something about Bhante Samahita as a teacher that really. Uh, goes deep for me. Uh, on a lighter note, I had a discussion with Groundhog Day. On. <laughs> yeah. and when the first came out in '92, I thought, "Well, this is kind of interesting. It's kind of charming to learn." And then when Ramos died, and they discussed how Buddhism was related to the story, then I had another light bulb went on. And then when I joined the temple and learned more about Yeah, I know that feeling. About Groundhog Day and how he was reliving all his lives because he was not a very nice person and he got better 
how we can take that concept and put it into a story mm-hmm. and uh, kind of make it uh, relevant to our daily lives. So that, that was interesting. Yeah. I love that. I love that story. And I think I get, just thinking about it, I get new things out of it. Was it Harold Ramos who, who was, he was Buddhist, wasn't he? That's the, that's the name I couldn't think of. He, yeah. I kind of think Bill Murray is too, though. He does a lot of film, but an underlining tone the Buddhist on my face. That kind of make a good direct hit, right? Like those yeah, that's <laughs> that is a great movie. Uh huh. Hi, uh, my name is Nick. Hi, Nick. Um, so I'm pretty new to meditation in general. So um, I kind of wondering about are there many different um, styles of meditation like today? Do you ever have meditations where you choose a specific topic that's been on your mind that you focus on, or is that a form of distraction in your meditation? Well, that that's a good distinction you brought up. Uh, I think it's how you how you use it as an object that makes it either. Uh, what did you call it? The word you just said—a distraction, or or can you meditate with it? But but I think you 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 get the main point. You don't want it to be a distraction, right? You can sometimes we may say, or we're working like working with resentment or working with something, but when we're sitting, I think usually we want we can use something like the four. Uh, sublime states, because we can just get that quality of those those more po- those more positive, skillful states, and just think of just getting them for yourself, and then just radiating them out. But you don't want to sit and start thinking about. We we want to let. We want to go beneath that thinking part of our mind. So if there's a way you can do that with a particular topic or a particular issue without just ruminating on it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. When, in your experience, would you say you ever like, come to a conclusion about something that you've been ruminating on without focusing on it after? Yeah. Yeah, if you listen to Bhante Samahita's talk about relativity and about um, waves, particle waves, and uh, I'm, see, I can't, I, I know what, I can remember his uh, PowerPoint, but uh, he talks about when we meditate, we can sometimes, what happens is, you know, we just keep coming back to our breath, we keep working with our mind, and uh, just something that we need will just, like drop drop in and we we can feel okay that that's what i needed to to get that's what i needed to uh not because we're thinking about it but because we're 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 letting it we're letting it just be there you know we're we're not getting our th- our thoughts just get us back into more problems does that make sense yeah. 
So if you, if you listen to his talk on YouTube or podcast, uh, it, 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 you need to see it on YouTube because he's got visuals for it. But I think it would, it would even help with what you're talking about. Yeah. Is that, uh, no, it's under, his name is Sama, Samahito, Samahita. S-A-M-A-H-I-T-A. We, and, and it's his YouTube and it's on quantum physics. But he, he did it, it was a talk he did at the Theosophical Society. It'd be under, it'd be in their archives too. Did you want to say something, Bhante Asaji, about thinking? It, do you, are you thinking when you meditate? Or are you trying to let your thoughts go? <laughs> well, you could do a talk on that for us sometime, okay? But I'm, I'm catching you like, it's not fair to do that. That's <laughs> You, um, I, I don't know that much about using mantras, but when we say well, happy, peaceful, that could be a mantra. Um, we don't use a lot of mantras in our practices. It's not that there's anything wrong with that, but we're usually just working with our breath. Were you saying you get, what were you saying about your practice? Does the mantra, is it confusing? Well, I think you have, you know, it's it's uh, different teachers. All teachers have different methods. So if you, you know, we're we're all pretty similar in the in at Blue Lotus. But you might go to another Theravadan teacher, and their style would be different. So you know, you might do you can do just working with your breath, and for most of us, that can that that's a challenge enough, right, for a long time, because working with your breath is it's like always being able to keep coming back, keep coming back. But you could do a you can do body scans. Um, you know, they're all different types of meditations, and then different schools have different styles. Leave your eyes open or close them, or use uh, mudras or not. Uh, it, it it can get really complex. So I think the best thing to do is find something that works for you and and uh, and experience a lot of things but find what works with you. But for us it would be find find what works for you to help you just keep coming back to your breath. No matter how many thousands of times your mind wanders, the important thing is can you catch it and bring it back? And and even I know that that my I had really crazy monkey mind when I started, 
But it wasn't until I started, uh, I mean, for about seven years I was meditating with that because I didn't have, I wasn't quite sure about the instructions. And uh, it, it was the, it was the Bhante Sujatha being a teacher that made it, that the, the, the kind of breathing, the way we worked with our breath started to work. But it, you know, some people might work with those sounds and the mantras very well, but it's kind of personal stuff. Uh huh. I just want to say, I think working with an intention in your meditation can be good because, I mean, my personal practice, it's easy for just focusing on my breath for me to get distracted. But if I have a word to come back to, um, it's like a home base brain, mm-hmm. and like usually it's a positive affirmation, like gratitude or love or something. But it's like a good, it's like a home base for my my brain to work off. Of. Right, that's what the why the four sublime states is good too, because you've got loving kindness, compassion. You've just got those words, so that intention is all is enough. You know, it can be just the intention without saying, okay, I'm going to think about it, I'm going to analyze it, I'm going to... Because then that's different from meditation. Yeah, so you you knew because you already knew it could be a distraction. So that's good, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think kind of like for the, uh, the med- what meditation does you know, in regards to how it changes, I think it changes the way that you... Uh, Work with, let's say, a thought and a rumination or thought. You know, something happens and then you have to figure out an answer can be anything. Let's say, uh, some sort of discord in your personal relationship. You can sit down and you can wind up thinking about it. You wind up taking yourself back to that moment. You're inside of it again. You're reliving it. You're not, you can say you're analyzing it, but really you're just heavily involved and you're becoming passionate. You're feeling emotions once more. Um, it becomes this whole endeavor. There's a, a psychologist named Irving Yalom who talks about how like, making change in that kind of mindset about you know, a situation that's in the past it becomes very hard because it's not really in the past when you're really that in your mind. I think what meditation does is it allows you to put his language strike when the iron's cold. You finally <laughs> stop. You know, being inside of that moment and repeating it over and over again. And when you return to something after having put it down, you can sometimes gain like a new clarity. And it's that moment sometimes you feel like something just drops into your head. Uh huh. Finally, that's still enough for a moment for an idea to surface naturally. It happens to me all the time doing homework. Uh, you know, it happens in a lot of like little situations. You just step away from something. Sometimes you see, you know, like a different thought train, you know, that maybe it's a bit more pleasant to you know, mm-hmm. away from something that's very negative and hard to deal with. But actually doing that, you know, setting down something that you're so tied to, is, it's a real challenge sometimes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. That's you know, part of why, at least in, you know, what I've read, a major part of the, the practice is trying to dissolve your ego. And the more you can you know, kind of chip away from that ego, the easier you are to become dispassionate towards things that happen where the conventional ego is involved in that. 
Yeah, that that's very. Who was the psycho, psy, uh, the psychotherapist or psychiatrist you were mentioned? Irvin Yalong. Irvin Yalong. Yalong. He's considered like the father of existential group therapy. It's very. I really like the way you describe that and strike while the iron is, iron is cold. That's really good. That was my own experience finding when I first started meditating. I just started, go. my mind just wanted to, oh, I'm sitting here for 45 minutes. I'm just going to go over this situation that I'm so miserable about and I'm going to relive every part of it. And I kept thinking, this meditation, I don't know if it's working. I'm just getting more... <laughs> but I didn't have, I had a teacher, but not a teacher who said, you know, help me look at that. I just thought, I've, if I think about it a lot, I'm going to think up the right answer, which you can't do. Yeah. So it's it's good to have uh, basic instruction that tells you your mind is crazy. Your thinking is crazy. <laughs> Don't think. <laughs> Uh-huh. Would you, yeah. If I want to kick a bad habit, or perhaps even Wow. Do you have a suggestion if you have a bad habit and you want to change it? What's a good what's a good practice, meditation practice to help it? You've never had any bad habits, have you? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good. That's good. That's what I was thinking. I think I think loving kindness is a great way. And the way you're talking about it, you're envisioning yourself. And usually our bad habits are not things that we think are showing love towards ourselves. You know, our bad habits are the the reason we want to change them is because they're damaging us. You know, they're they're say smoking is a great example. You you that's a besides using patches and things like that, probably practicing loving-kindness and envisioning yourself living a life without that habit, that monkey on your back. A lot of monkeys, monkey mind, monkey. Uh, That's good, Sherry, thanks. That's a good, I think that's a good one. Anybody else have an idea? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I stumbled across a phrase that kind of helped me, and it still helps me when I phrase it this way. at one point, I just said to myself, I'm being bullied by my base desires, um, which, you know, allowed you to finally kind of like external, like sort of, you know, think about like those desires as not aspects of myself and simply something that's happened. You know, mine was like, I got to eat chicken nuggets right now. At some point, you know, I had to you know, say to myself that desire is there and it's, it's pushing me around and it's trying to get me to do something that is ultimately not good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I began to uh, externalize, I guess, that one, that no longer became a part of me, but something that was just happening that I didn't have to follow, um, you know, it would, I, That's it good. would be easier to break, you know, sort of. You know, the bond. Really nugget, you know, yeah, yeah. 
Well, and you know, the Buddha talks about guarding our sense doors. That's a very important, of Buddha, uh, important part of Buddha's practice. So there's, there's nothing wrong with our senses, but when, when, they, when, they, when they're in charge and they're taking us where we don't want to go, that's when we need to think, you know, this, if I'm guarding myself a little bit, like every time you smell good food, if you had to run by chicken nuggets, right? It, yeah. You have to, those guards are to protect us. Um, and they, and, and, and it's good to remember that. It's not like we're putting a restraint on ourselves that's going to be bad or painful or negative. We're really, we're really trying to do what's best for us. And we have to pay attention. Like, what are the, what are the things? Is it a smell of some food or is it, uh, you know, if you have one cigarette, you can't stop because you've had all the, all those senses sort of, uh, put into play. And look at that and think, where can you begin to guard those doors to protect you, to be good to you? Yeah. And it's all, is it going to be kind to you? I always like to think, too, like renunciation, when we talk about renunciation, uh, that's a good thing. It's, it's, it's always important to remember that we're not giving up things. We don't say... Renunciation is good because you're just giving up everything you love and that's going to just show you how tough you are or how, I don't know, how, how without any needs you can be. It's really renunciation is just letting go of the things that, that aren't, that aren't, that don't make us be filled with loving kindness for ourselves. Like renunciation is letting go of the things that are harming us because we're learning to love ourselves. And that's the whole process. And so we can begin to let things go naturally because we're trying to do things that are better and, you know, just more lovable towards ourselves and think of it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a good tip from a sermon at the Unitarian Church out by us. Um, They were talking about breaking bad habits, actually. And they are saying how you really want to pick up a new habit, something that's good for you. So otherwise, like, with smoking, like, that 10 minutes where you decide I'm not going to go out for a cigarette, like, then you're just sitting there thinking about how much you want a cigarette. What, yeah, what, yeah. And, like, you have to pick up something else to do, like, read a book or, like, meditate or go exercise or do something to take your mind off of it Mm -hmm. and, create a new habit to replace that time. That's very good, yeah. Because that that is, that that, say, if it's smoking or going to the refrigerator to get something just because you don't have anything else to do. You, you, you're looking for something to do. So a habit is the easiest thing to turn to. Yeah. I know when I quit smoking, it was, it was a lot of different things that helped me quit smoking. I was in a group, and, and I, there was 30 people on the group that helped. And then there was peer pressure. My, I was the last one in my family to stop uh, smoking. So there was a lot of peer pressure there. Well, and then it, it was uh, looking internally and saying, well, this is bad for my body. It's not permanent, the feeling won't permanent forever. It's just something I need to go through and, and come out on the other side. So it was, uh, it was always a combination of a lot. Mm-hmm. And out of 30 people, I was the only one who quit. Really? This is part of I know. It was taught at the hospital by a nurse. And uh, we were 
circle and we pull out the cigarette butts in the can and we smell the can. <laughs> So you're thinking of that, the impermanence, the quality of impermanence, right? This is going to make me feel terrible for, what, six months or something. But then I'm going to be through it, and then it's going to feel so good. Yeah. And the group is really important, too, right? Those, the, have, have, have noble friends, have good friends to help you get through some things. That's good. Yeah, peer Yeah, that's a good thing about family sometimes, right? If it's a good, if it's a good habit. Okay, I think our time is up. But thank you. You did a wonderful talk, everybody. That's wonderful. Thanks.